And we are live and we are back. Let's go. I'm Corey Yos. One app of the Corner Full of Fat Podcast. And I'm back like I never left with another installment of Wealth Wednesdays here on the Corner Full of Fat Podcast. We discuss health and wealth, finance and fitness and everything in between. We want to make sure you save more and save less and keep making better your best. Yes, yes. However, my co-host Jordan went on paternity leave. I started these Wealth Wednesdays where we get straight to the finance information. No filler in between. And Speaking of paternity leave, my own is coming up and it might be coming up sooner than expected. So been rushing, doing things. And so now I for sure need to record some extra episodes. So you guys are still getting content, even if I can't make it. All right. But I know y'all see the title of this video and I'm, I'm pretty sure you saw this information drop if you follow any type of financial stuff. But you y'all see what is going on with the credit card debt. I was gonna talk about <laughs> I was gonna talk about card debt, which I'll probably do next ep- episode, but then the credit card debt reached the number that it reached. And so we gotta have a conversation about what's going on out here because things are getting worse. But before we get started, make sure you hit that like button, share and subscribe, shout out to the YouTube algorithm. Make sure you leave those rating reviews on the podcast platforms as well. My information, as well as my co-host Jordan information, can be found in the show notes on YouTube. Jordan is at Stops All on J, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Business page is Finally Fit 06, Instagram, Finally Fit Facebook. Then FinallyFit.live is the website where you can go to to sign up for the virtual workout sessions, 5.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on monday and wednesday and if you can't make that time you will still be able to get or, or you miss a class so you can make time but you're not missing the class you still get access to the virtual drive that has all the recorded sessions and do better marketing for joining this business you get i forgot oh you get the you get once a month uh coaching training. So I, I don't know exactly what it is. jordan meets with you once a month he does it with me but he meets with you once a month to talk about your goals and stuff like that all right for myself, sideline underscore Corey, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then for my financial coaching information, it is in the show notes as well as on my link tree on Instagram and Twitter. All right. Student, student loan update. It's starting back up in 45 days. That's about that's about that's about as good as I can get, get you guys. Um remember, interest starts back up September 1st. Payments are scheduled to start back up sometime in September. You hopefully have already heard from your loan service provider on what the terms and conditions are going to be as far as when your student loans are starting back up and the interest rate. But as far as the interest starting back up, that's September, but your new payment is not going to be due to sometime in October. So if you want to get ahead of the interest that y'all haven't had to pay for, what is it? Almost four years. I forget the exact number. What is it? It was three years, then March to... 41, is it right? 40, 41 months that y'all had to know interest. That interest is starting back up in September. All right. Now, the last and not least, don't sue me, sue your mama. This is for entertainment purposes only. Myself, nor Jordan, are finance fitness professionals. All information you hear on here is for entertainment purposes only. And you need to speak with a professional and do your own research before taking any action. All right. Let's get started, y'all. What is what is going on with the credit card debt? But why why does it continue to go up as I, I switch to the tab before I share my screen? Now I want to be clear. When they talk about how bad stuff is, you know, and I, I see these posts all the time. Let me is that good. Let me make sure. I forgot to do the prep real quick. Yeah, so I've been on CNN before. One thing 
that you'll likely see a lot is people saying don't like not going to Starbucks is not is going to change your life. And they talk about coffee being three dollars. I don't know who the hell's ever gone to Starbucks or been to Starbucks. Coffee, coffee may be three dollars at Starbucks. Let me look it up. How much? Let's get black coffee at Starbucks. Now, who who gets black coffee at Starbucks? No, nobody gets. I've never. If you've ever been in the Starbucks line or inside, the things that people order is insane. Yeah, here we go. How much is black coffee? It's saying this is 2018. But it's, let's just call it three dollars, right? And shout out to inflation. Three dollars for some some coffee. People don't go to Starbucks and just order black coffee. They get. I don't know. My wife should be getting peppermint peppermint pumps. I, I don't know. It's all this extra stuff that people actually get added into their coffee, which then increases the price. So, yeah, some black coffee or the cheapest version of coffee may be only three dollars. And that might not make that big of a difference, although it doesn't get to that. But you some of y'all actually need to do stop need to actually stop going to something like Starbucks. You're spending ten dollars every time you go. And a lot of times people be getting food, too. Anyways, back to the three dollars, even if it was three dollars. And say you're going every every day, three times thirty. That's ninety dollars. And we talk about the fact that you don't have most likely any life insurance. Not going to Starbucks. Let's say cut that out, right? So instead of ninety, excuse me. So yeah, instead of ninety dollars, it's forty five. A lot of you can get a pretty good life insurance policy. Obviously, depending, you know, your health, depending on if you have to get that checked or not. But depending on your health, forty five dollars is likely going to get you a policy. It's going to cover what you need. My policy, my previous policy was $58 for $1 million. And I was 20, I was certainly 28 years old. My birthday didn't happen yet, but they counted me as I think 20, 27. I, get that. I got it in 2020. So it counted me as 27 years old, right? But it's $58 for $1 million. And now, I'm not going to say how much my number is now, but it's more than that. And it's only $80 a month. All right. And that's for, for being 30 years old on 25 year terms. I had to get a new policy. I, I mean, that is a, a very important part of your financial plan is having life insurance and something like not going to Starbucks, whatever it is, you want to count it. Some of y'all just need to stop drinking alcohol. Just, just drink, like just buy one less bottle. The bottle of alcohol you're buying, you know, once a month is going to cover, you know, your life insurance policy. But when you see little things like that, it's not about how much something, and this is, these are the same people talk about, you know, poor people talk about, you know, how much a month, rich people talk about the total cost. Why are you worrying about how much something costs a day? And not worrying about how much you're spending on it for the total months last year. Like when when I if you look at the budget template that I have, that budget template just just doesn't show how much you spend on a monthly basis. It shows how much you spend on a yearly basis on a particular category as well. You, know, you just multiply by twelve. And a lot of times my clients will say when they see that yearly number there, like you're spending thousands of dollars on something, right? It might be a couple hundred a month, but when you see how much you spend on a year, they have a different type of awakening. Like maybe I do need to cut that out slash cut that down some. So even if you're spending, yeah, you know, $3 a day on coffee, let's say five days a week, right? Every time you go to work, that's $15. That $15 adds up to $60 in a month. All right. And $60 in a month is enough for a life insurance policy that you don't have. All right. Now, again, most people are spending way more than $3 at Starbucks. You ain't got to cut it out. Every, you know, you ain't got to cut it out every day. You probably just got to cut it out. Just, just go one less time a week. You're probably spending 10, at least $10 every time you go. That's going to be $40 right there. Boom. Regardless, though. Credit card debt, again, we're talking about Starbucks in the sense of bad purchases that y'all be making, and it always goes on your credit card. So America's credit card debt is at a trillion dollars, which is insane. Mortgages are first. 
then student loans, then cars. And now the fourth thing, credit cards have reached a trillion dollars. One, one trillion dollars. This is by Alicia Wallace, CNN, not CNBC. And this was updated Tuesday, August 23rd. All right, so I'm, I could have did this last week, I guess. All right, Minneapolis, CNN. All right, CNN in Minneapolis, shout out to Minnesota. Uh, shout out to Justin Jefferson. Fancy football is starting back up. All right, Amer Americans' credit card debt levels have just notched and new, but undesirable milestone true, right? Undesirable for who? The Americans? Credit card companies love it. Why, the banks love it. Why would they not? They got more money. For the first time ever, they surpassed a trillion dollars according to data released by the Fed Bank of New York. During the second credit, their second quarter credit card balances shot up to 45. Jeez. Second quarter, they shot up by $45 billion. What are y'all doing? I know inflation, right? Cool. But it's like, my goodness, why don't y'all just stay y'all ass in the house? They don't matter now because of Amazon, all the stuff getting delivered to your door. But like, my goodness. $45 billion in a quarter? That's more than... That's $15 billion a month. Wait. If it goes up $15 billion in a month, my bad, 100, okay, my bad, I'm thinking 150. Okay, that's, that's going to be, I was thinking 1.5 trillion. $150 billion, excuse me, $1.8 billion, excuse me, 180, look at my math. That's what happens in our court right after work. $180 billion in a year, nearly 4.6% to land at one point. Three trillion. I wish we could. I hope they go and um, tell us how much stuff is getting paid down. Obviously, not enough to offset a forty-five billion dollar increase, right? Four point six increase. Also, by the way, too, for new listeners, I don't read these articles ahead of time, so you guys at the live reaction and on household. Okay, this is again by the New York Fed household debt report. Rising credit card debt and auto loan balance. Car loans. Car loan. I wanted to do car loans because I just keep seeing like. I was talking to Jordan. I keep every time I see how much the new car or the used car car payment is just this year, it just continues to go up just within the year. And I'm just like, now I think it's like $725. That's insane. Insane. And once they finally start continuously or consistently, should I say, if they're not, I don't know if they're doing it yet or not, but coming out with that 120 term, that 10 year car loan. Boy, it's about to be a mess out here. So I'm trying to help you all out. All right. Credit card debt and loan, auto loan balances help drive right overall household debt levels. Don't. What about student loans? I guess they haven't been increasing. They did increase, but whatever. And mortgages too, by the way. Up 1% to 17. Total debt in America is $17.06 trillion. $17 trillion, $60 billion for the quarter. My goodness. Overall household debt has spiked. These a trillion is so large since the end of 2019. Went up by almost three billion dollars since 2019. The New York Fed debt balance are nominal. Okay, they're not adjusted for inflation. Okay, I want to be clear. A trillion is like just on the verge of not right. You got infinity, right? Like we can't, you know, numbers is going on forever. But like a trillion is like pretty close to infinity in the sense of or being infinite, however you want to word it. It's such a large number. One trillion. One trillion is a thousand billion. And the, for the, you know, those who haven't seen the little math thing, 31, 
what is 31 and some millions, some change seconds in a year, in a year, right? So in 10 years, right, if you got a dollar for every second in a year, in 10 years, you have, you know, $310 million. So in a hundred years, it would take you to get 3.1 billion, right? And like people have, nobody had, no, we don't know everybody's net worth in the world, but people have billions of dollars. But a trillion, let me make sure it sounds stupid on here. How many seconds in a year? Okay, yeah, 31, 31.5 million. So we should say 31 million. That's insane. So even 10 times that, right? In 10 years, you would only have $31 million. And that's why some people do complain, you know, people that complain about billionaires, why a billion is so much. Even if you got a, even if you got a second for every, since you were the day you, you were born, let's say you, you know, conception. If you got a second, even for those nine days, extra I mean, nine days, nine months of gestation, you likely still wouldn't reach a billion dollars. You got to get, it's probably somewhere in the eighties. All right, it was 31. 100 divided by 31.5. Was that three? Yeah, times three. Oh, yeah, same. You got to get the 94. You got to get the 94 and a half, roughly speaking, right? It's 31.5 million seconds in a year. You got to get, you got to, which the average person doesn't live that long. So you got a dollar for every second, including your gestation period. We got, let's add another year on that to 95. Let's call it 96. Right, you got excuse me, subtract one. Let's call it a ninety-two. You gotta live to ninety-two to have a billion dollars. That's insane. Then remember, a trillion is a thousand billion. One trillion. That's how much we see the debt going up. It's insane out here. People need to get it together. All right. Okay, yeah, nominal. All right, these increases are coming at a time when interest rates. Have, I bet. I bet the interest rates have. I bet these credit card interest rates are going dumb. I wonder if we're gonna have the average credit card interest rate being over twenty percent in this article. Credit card debt sets new record as passing a trillion. Credit card balance is increasing from 986 billion in quarter one to one point. Okay, just tell us increase. Total, let me zoom out some so we can, we as in myself. Okay, it just adjusts to what I'm doing. Cool. Total household household credit card debt. Look, we see it. And that's the, that's the funny thing about the panorama. We saw debt start to decrease during the pandemic, savings rate was increasing. I see a little spike here as you go, go back to normal in quarter four, right? Real quick. That's likely to do because I don't know if this is, yeah, this quarter four, yeah, Christmas time, right? Holiday season. But we see a decrease during the panorama. And then as we get out, it just shoots back up. Insane. Insane. Shout out to inflation. All right. And this is that chart was from, okay, New York Fed. As interest rates speed through from the federal funds, I'm struggling with that. Federal funds rate, right? Okay, interest rates are increasing. Mortgages and credit cards are increasing as well due to interest rates increasing by the Fed, right? That affects impacts everyday consumers. True, things do things do cost more, right? So it makes sense that things cost more, and most people, not most, but a majority of people are putting these purchases, everyday purchases, on credit cards and not paying their credit cards off. We should likely see an, a significant increase from quarter to quarter, year to year, on total credit card debt. Sophia Bag Bag, an economist. Oh yeah, shout out to. Alicia Wallace, an easy, easy name for me to pronounce. But according to Sophia Baig, an economist at Decision Intelligence Company Morning Consult, told CNN, so with elevated interest rates, paying that, so with elevated interest rates, paying that debt becomes more expensive. Yes. And with, 
some of the statements like, okay, I mean, somebody's first time reading this, you're finally interested literate, but still it's like, okay, cool. That, that's more of a math statement. Yes, the higher the interest, whatever it is, percentage being percentage, right? It's, the higher it's going to be. 10% times one is less than 20% times one. I mean, goodness. And with consumers continuing to take on more debt, I'm so condescending. This, see why are consumers continue to take on more debt? This combination will put more pressure on some households, true, on some who have those tighter budgets. See, the thing is, why are people with the tighter budgets continuing to take on more debt? Almost had a hole in the lip. The real issue is, is that during the panorama, when people had a time to improve their financial situation, whether you like it or not, that was the time to do it. People chose not to, and some people even chose to go into more debt. Shout out to those of you who haven't paid your student loans down at all during this forbearance period. 41 straight consecutive payments of $0.00, and zero cents is what you did. Oh, my goodness. All right. The average credit card charge is a near record. I told y'all, I, I, 20%. 20, the average is 20.53. That's egregious. That's almost 2% a month. Let me see exactly what it is. 1.7, Jesus, that's a dollar and 70 cent per hundred dollars in interest you're gonna get charged. My goodness, that's crazy. By the way, that's gonna be more than most people's cash back. Regardless, according to bank, that's according to bank rate, that's 20.53%. Credit card balances have risen for five consecutive quarters, increasing at some of the largest rates in 20 years. Makes sense, again, interest rates. Again, according to New York Fed, unfortunately, it's only going to go up from here, Matt Schultz. Yes, some, you know, are, are things pointing, you know, back to a better economy, lower interest rates? Some would say no, right? The the gauge is that we still, we things are going to get worse before, before they get better. Okay, that's according to Matt Schultz, how things are going to get worse. Chief credit analysis, analyst, excuse me, analyst, analyst for LendingTree said in an interview with CNN, what's driving it is inflation. Higher interest rates and just generally how expensive life is in 2023. This is true, but it's not true. The necessities conversation is what people don't want to have of how much it truly costs, you know, to live from a need standpoint. And when you just factor in your debt payments, that's why you need to stop going to Starbucks, right? Everybody's talking, about, oh, look at the credit card interest rates going. Stop going to Starbucks. Zero dollars at Starbucks. No money for you, right? Straight to jail you go. No, none for you. But the conversation people don't want to have is. Once you had some information that could put you in a better situation in life, did you choose to act on that information? A lot of people's answer would be no. And it's been shown with what happened, the data we have far as people who had their student loans in forbearance and what they chose to do with that money getting added back into their budget. Most people didn't make the payments and most people went and got more debt. All right. So even if you have inflation like we have now, higher interest rates. Right. You know, I think inflation is last 40 years or so. It looks like interest rates are saying the last 20 years or so. Even if that was the case, people still aren't going to make better decisions with their money, even if you put them in a better decision. Right. And yes, it is more expensive. Cool. Again, I mean, inflation is saying it's more expensive is redundant. Anyways. Is that an ad? It's an ad from Linden Tree. Sad. Or maybe it's not. Okay. We got like mortgages. Okay. We're showing the interest rates. they're not this looks like a link this is a link okay this is a link i mean this is an ad all right only so much people only so much people can take why can't people take what is wrong with them all the labor market is strong the economy is growing and consumer spending is increasing why is consumer spending increasing i mean it makes sense 
right? We're seeing the credit card that go up, but maybe some people need to stop spending money. Persistently high. It's crazy how consumer spending is in, increasing as we're dealing with this high inflation. Persistently high inflation coupled with spiking interest rates have weighed down consumers. How? I told you I don't read this ahead of time. How is consumer spending increasing yet consumers are being weighed down? oxymoron which is are consumers being weighed down or is spending increasing or are you saying if consumers weren't being weighed down as much as they are whatever you know measurement that is mac two it is the consumer spending would be even higher which sounds like it would be worse as people being more debt especially those who were not among the 14 million homeowners who refinanced during the pandemic locking in ultra low interest rates yes and extracting 40 yes 40 billion yes if you locked in an interest rate during the panorama, you were you hopefully are up. Now, some of you went and got too much house, but for those who didn't, if you say no, no more than three times your gross, you at the time at the time you got that house, and preferably on a 15-year fix, but even if you did a 30-year, right? You, you know, your minimum payment's lower, you were golden. J just from that general mortgage concept, not overall your financial picture. My goodness. But I, I would say this. Maybe you shouldn't maybe you shouldn't be buying a house with these higher interest rates. Why won't people just say that? Right? It's like, oh no, right? Shout out to FOMO. Earlier Tuesday, Bank of America reported that more people. I don't know. We I saw something on Instagram today, a video today about how 401ks aren't, you know, really what they're cracked up to be and how you know they're cheaper than pensions for jobs, and a lot of them replace a pension with a 401k, yada, yada. And it's because people usually aren't using their 401k for what it is actually for. Because as Bank of America says, more people were tapping into their 401k accounts because of financial distress. Don't tap into your 401k. Now, if it's to save your home, which is in most people's situation, or even if it's a significant, unless your situation was like a life or death issue, like literal, like medical condition, most times you just end up getting the medical debt. So just take out the medical debt, but don't liquidate your 401k. I would love to see the numbers of how much money people would have in their retirement if they didn't ever take out of their retirement. But yeah, that's the data we really need. The number of people who made a hardship withdrawal during the second quarter, also to shout the panorama, decreasing, um, Pretty sure it was temporarily, but making it easier, easier, quote unquote, to take money out of your 401k. I can't remember exactly what they did, but I know they decreased some of the penalties and thresholds and things like that, whatever it is. All right. Number of people made a hardship withdrawal during the second quarter. Sir, oh, this is not during the pandemic. This is during this year. Surge in the second quarter for the first three months of the year to almost 16,000, increase of 36% from the second quarter of 2022. So I guess that's 16,000 is a lot. All right. While hardship withdrawals are being made by a tiny fraction of overall plan holders, say 16 is low, is another indication that cracks may be forming inside households' finance situation. No, I mean, varies not everybody, but most people, if you take out a loan, it's because you don't have the mon money. Money, I'll say money. 99.9% .9 of people take out a loan because they don't have that's the only option to get whatever they're going to purchase. Most people who take out a loan, it's not because they have the cash and you want to have you know, the leverage conversation. They can do better use with the cash they have. They could pay for cash, but instead they're deciding to leverage that. That is not most people's situation. All right. There's so yes, if you see people taking out loans, 
right? Their finances are probably not in the best situation, especially from your 401k though. I don't care if it's for a house or what. Highly consider you don't do that. Because I've already said this before on the podcast, but you're just better off just from a general risk standpoint. And it's not, it'd be, it'd be very different if 401ks had a significantly higher um, rate of return, right? Even with the penalties, without the penalties that you can face with it, but a significantly higher rate of return that you can get from your taxable brokerage account or, you know, a Roth IRA and IRA account, but they don't, you can't even invest in single stocks and them in single stocks, you know, not all of them, but single stocks outperform the mutual funds that are in your 401k. And not, not, this is not investing advice, not saying to do that, but as far as the options that you have out here, if you want to take out of your 401k for something like a house down payment, just save the money instead. I don't understand why people don't do that. It makes no sense. Why would you entrap yourself and put yourself in a situation? And, and how about if you just take out from your 401k at all? If you are not in the final situation, this is why. This is why. This this is why I, I'm pointing at them. I'm pointing. I'm showing to the mic. This is why. This is why I can only knock. I can only. I mean, I don't knock Dave Ramsey at all. But this is why. When we when we read the baby steps, okay. Baby step one is save a thousand dollars, and in that step, Dave Ramsey says no retirement investing. That snowball, right? Pay off your debt as fast as possible. Then fully fund your emergency fund three to six months. Then maximize retirement, they recommends 15%. If you're going to be taken out, just invest less. You're in a worse situation, right? You want to take that match. But if you take the match out, you have now entrapped yourself. And sometimes you're not a lot. I don't know what the percentage is, but there are a good amount of people who aren't even fully vested for two, three years. And we talk about millennials. A lot of millennials don't even stay long enough to fully vest. These are the conversations that people... These are conversations that people don't want to have. If you plan on taking money out of your 401k for whatever reason, so in short, you're not ready from a financial standpoint, just don't invest in it. If you're going to take the money, you're going to take the money out. This is for people who take the money out of their 401k. So even though you're investing and getting your match, you're taking it out. You're taking the money out. And again, you can't even get all 100%. I think it's, what's up there? Is it 50% slash up to 50K? Been using ChatGPT so much, I'm, my my Google my ChatGPT is prompt stuff, so you can't you can't directly Google the same way you ChatGPT. Yeah, fifty yeah okay fifty percent or this is from Capital One, but fifty percent or fifty thousand dollars up to fifty percent of your vested. So again, for those who aren't vested, <laughs> for those who aren't vested, if you end up taking out a four hundred one k loan. It doesn't matter that you're getting your match because you're, you're not vested. <laughs> and it's 50% of your vested amount. So when I say you're not vested, your match, your match is not vested. And some, sometimes you might be in a situation where you're not, but the money you put in may not be vested right away. All right. But usually it's um not usually, but you'll see that the money that your company is matching, the 3%, 4%, 5%, 6 7 10%, whatever it is, that might not be vested for, you know, three years. Or they might, you know, invest, you might vest with a V, not invest, but vest. And by vest, meaning that money is yours to take out. It might be, you know, in one year, you get this amount, two years, you get this percentage, and then three years, you finally, the 400% is vested. So that, 
see a lot of times and most of the time i just be you know i just be talking because i got all this information in my head but it's not that i research but like, I, I didn't i didn't research and see like you know how you know how much do people get from a 401k loan what's the max but you know then you only get that vested amount there's plenty of data that shows people are doing really well Their debt compared to their expendable income is okay. Nigga, what? This is the end of the article too, ain't it? Okay, so now I'm about to say, there's plenty of data that shows people do. What does really well mean? Really well would mean above average, but like a B, uh, a B, not a B plus, but like an 84, 85. Really well. I mean, well would have to be a B. So really well is like might be a B plus, right? Excellent might be A. Their debt compared to their expendable income is okay. Okay sounds like average. Delinquencies are low and unemployment is low. That is true. We're seeing things go back up again. Again, best to compare, you know, when you see any numbers really to 2019 and beyond numbers because you got the panorama as a, you know, as an extreme outlier. Schultz said, but there's also so much hard debt that people can handle before delinquencies really spike. So what is it, Schultz? Is people messed up or they're not? Like Schultz, like I know. All right. New delinquencies continue to climb, as I said, right, from recent historic lows, according to the, well, see, it's to the latest New York Fed report. See, this has got to be careful if you don't, like, just research this stuff and you just listen. This is why I talk a lot. And you just, like, get your information from me. It's not that delinquencies were at historic lows. They couldn't make people delinquent. So by definition, they went down. I mean, if, if I can't, you couldn't evict people. You couldn't repost stuff. All these different things. You, they, like, you weren't able to do it. So by definition, it decreased. It's like... It's like with the student loans, there was no interest being charged on a majority of them. It's that simple. So I, so by definition, for those loans that there was no interest being charged on, the balance would only increase if somebody took out more debt. There's no interest being charged. Whatever. The, trans, the transition rates to early delinquency for credit cards, auto loans, and home mortgages increased for, okay, for the quarter. Again, from New York Fed, data smooth as a four-quarter moving average, while new mortgage delinquency rates remain below what was seen pre-pandemic. Okay, so people who are getting, I wonder what new means as far as the time window. I, if those new mortgages are including ones that were gotten during the pandemic, which means it would be, by definition, I'm still reading here the moving averages. Okay. If the if the mortgages gotten that were acquired during the pandemic are in this number as far as delinquency rates decreasing, that makes sense because people got such low interest rates. But I'm interested, you know, if that's in there or not. But if people with these higher interest rates are also not seeing delinquency, even though we only had a year or so of that, you know, it's not even a year yet. We're just we're just we're just coming on a year of people um having these interest rates and dealing with these higher interest rates. I was working some clients this time, around this time last year, and they got a house. They got at 4.99. I was like, what? I said, I said, did you take it? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, thank God. Um, okay, cool. The moving averages for our auto loans and credit card delinquencies are the highest since the first quarter of 2018 and first quarter of 2012, respectively. Although those have picked up, they've not yet risen to a point where consumers are experiencing widespread financial distress. No, well, y'all need to. If you're not experiencing it yet, experience widespread financial distress. If you're in a bad situation, I highly recommend that you consider doing everything you can to put yourself in a better financial situation. And that would be increasing your income, 
if there was ever time to get a second job, this would be now. And obviously decreasing your expenses, lowering your debt, right? Cutting back on your lifestyle where you can. Eliminating, not lower your debt. Eliminate your debt to zero and don't go back into it. Because we, I don't know when we're going to see inflation start to truly taper and prices go down. So get like, I pay $4 freaking gas. You know, and I, I've seen it slowly but surely increasing. I'm like, gas is $4 again? Yo, y'all ain't saying nothing about that. Y'all started when I like, get really spiked. I'm like, that's four dollars. I'm like, oh, yeah. So, the, look, if you're listening to this and you don't have two jobs, e- even if you're in a dual and in, dual income household, highly recommend this because same thing with the pandemic. Like the pandemic was like crazy for a little bit the first few months, but then things tapered off, and you, you could go go out here and, and you know get your finances up, get your money up, and, and you know pay off your debt, You'd be in a better situation financially. Things weren't crazy. Now that we sustain that that quick spike in in uh, inflation dealing with interest rates, it's not like interest rates have gone from, you know, in this last year or so from two to 15. Right. They went from two slash three to like, you know, seven, almost probably close to some might be almost eight now. But it's not like we've seen like a damn two to seven and then now seven to 15. We haven't seen that. So we're seeing when I say slower, just, just you know, as far as the current data. Right. We're not seeing as big of a spike in the last 12 to 18 months. So this would be the time, right? Yesterday was the best time. Today's the second best time to get on it. American consumers have so far withstood the economic difficulties of the pandemic and post-pandemic periods with resilience. How if credit card debt is going up and mortgage rates are higher? What is, what, we need definitions of what withstood the economic difficulties of the pandemic and post-pandemic periods with resilience. The researchers wrote, however, rising, so the balances are rising, but yet, whatever rising balances may present challenges for some borrowers and the resumption of student loan payments this as a this fall may add additional financial strain for many student loan borrowers most is most more than many whatever i want to be clear that is the ball to drop once these student loans payments kick back on i cannot wait to see the end of the year numbers when these student loan payments start back it is going to be messy Messy, messy, and messy. Pulling back, and I've always been saying that. I've already said this before. Pulling back on spending. I thought this article was short. Okay, I'm almost done. I was about to say, God damn, I'm still going. Pulling back on spending. Federal student loan payments. Oh, well, oh, what are we going to talk about student loans? I can't even get it out. Federal student loan payments are, yep, okay, starting back in October, as I said. Like I said, again, three years due to the panorama. Biden administration, yeah, Biden, they try to get that debt forgiveness. The Biden administration's recent rollout of repayment program should help to soften the blow for borrowers. Yes, I recommend you go over to Debt Free Gonna Be on Instagram. She has an insane amount of information on the student loans. I would say she, I don't know if she's an expert on social media, like out of all the experts on student loans, but I would say she's up there. She's not number one. She has a ton of information on all the forgiveness, all that type of stuff. Okay, so the recent rollout of the repayment programs, right? Help, yes. The, the, the rework of the programs by the Biden administration should, what does help mean? Hopefully make it so people aren't struggling as much, but you still need to pay it down. It is what it is. Still, not all finances are created equally, and it may be hard for some households to add back in the monthly payment. They should have never subtracted it out. I know it wasn't your choice to have it subtracted out. It wasn't your choice to have the student loan, right? It, it just got taken out. But you could have kept your student loan payment in your budget. This is the first time I thought of this. I'm holding everybody accountable now. 
even though they went and said, hey, now you owe us zero dollars and zero cents on a monthly basis until we tell you no, you could have continued making that payment. And for those of you who didn't, that's on you. I just realized that. Nah, it, it, if you were making your student loan payment, if you made a student loan payment in March 2020 and then you didn't make any until October 2023, that's on you. I don't want to hear nothing. No excuse for you. No excuse. That's going to be a really big test for an awful lot. So is it? I'm not supposed to clap. What is it? Is this the same person saying these quotes? Is it that not many Americans are impacted? Or is it that big test for an awful lot of Americans? Which one is it? These have to be different quotes from different people. First, they're saying not a lot of Americans are going to be impacted. Then they're saying a lot of Americans are going to impact. They said an awful lot. You see. I can't find it. Where's the quote at? Yeah, there we go. American consumers have so far withstood the economic difficulties of the panorama with resilience. I mean, there was that. I mean, whatever. Okay, this, this is still Schultz. This is Mr. Schultz. Let me see what Schultz's first name is. It Matt? Was it Matt? Yep, Matt. Look at my memory. Remember, it'd be crazy. Shout out to my short-term memory. All right, people, don't touch me on it. People's budgets are really, really tight. Now they're tight. What? Hey, Mr. Schultz from uh, Chief Credit Analyst Linden Tree. Look, bro, you uh, you, you saying it's not tight? The budget's not tight. Now the budget's tight. Which is it, man? Yeah, once they start up, they're going to be tight. What? I hope people. Once Biden administration said 10 to 20K, if you had more than 10 to 20K as far as that forgiveness number, you knew your student loan payments were going to start back up. In a discussion, unless you that, that forgiveness is going to forgive all your student loans. If you had more than 10,000 without a Pell Grant, then you didn't receive a Pell Grant or 20K and you did receive one, a Pell Grant to go to school, you knew you're still going to have student loan debt. Unless you had the money saved to the side to uh, pay off the difference. So you had, let's say you had 30K, you're going to get 10,000 forgiveness and you had 20K in the bank, you know, waiting slash banking on pun intended. To get that forgiveness, you're gonna pay off the delta. Okay, yes. Once they start back up, we just don't know what's going what that's going to look like. No, we know what it's going to look like. This is not fear mongering. People are going to start struggling, struggling. If people were already struggling pre-pandemic with their student loans, then you add this crazy inflation, 40 plus years. Then we talk about one of the biggest things that student loans are causing people not to do is buy a house, and then you have interest rates for houses on the skyrocket. It's about to be a mess. When debt piles up, it will never be forced people to rein in their spending even more. That's not true. Because if it was true, then why do we see credit? What's the definition? This is supposed to be a short article. I was supposed to. This was not supposed to be 45 minutes, but I can't. I got to get to these last. Why do they keep saying things like this? Yes. When debt piles up. No, excuse me, not yes. When debt piles up, it will not inevitably force people to rein in their spending even more. All we do. I might have to start doing these in the morning, but I don't want to ruin my morning. All we see mortgages, student loans, car loans, and now credit cards. That debt is increasing. But for some reason. OK, these are different quotes from different people. This is from Morning Consults, Beg or Badge, Beg. Who was Beg's last name? Don't worry, I'm about to go on my rant. Don't worry about it. 
Sophia. All we do is see debt increasing from a consumer standpoint, credit cards. Yet you're saying as debt increases, people are going to rein in their spending. But that maybe is their spending of their own money, right? They're going to their credit card debt, which is not their money. Right? That's going to go up. But their actual money that they spend from their job, that's going to go down. This is not true. This is not going to call Miss Sophia here a liar. But this is borderline a lie. This is why I tweet that almost every day. I think I get back on tweeting every day. But y'all be lying too much for me. This is this is a lie. I'm gonna call it. this is a lie. When debt piles up, it does not inevitably be for and you. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get to this 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 sentence, y'all. Let's look up the definition of inevitably or inevitable, since we're just using words like this. Why you can't redefine definitions? As is certain to happen, unavoidable, naturally, automatically, as a matter of course, necessarily, necessity. In short, guaranteed to happen. That is not inevitable that when debt increases, people will decrease their spending. One would say the complete the complete opposite is inevitable. As debt piles up, people increase their spending. Because it's not like it's not like people's bills go down because of whatever. I, it, it, it's not like we're seeing people because I'm trying to I mean when I watch the replays, I'd be like, dang, I was saying something, I stopped talking because I'm like, I'm just over it. Then I'm like, Dang, what was I going to say? So I'm going to do my best now. I start saying what was in my head. But it's not like we're we're seeing people get into debt and then decrease their debt, right? As they're saying, as debt piles up, then we're never we force people to reduce their spending. That's not the case. What, did, did Sophia make this quote about the consumer spending going up? Yes, agree. When people have more debt, yes, their budgets get tighter. Consumer spending is increasing. It's increasing. What is what is happening? Insanity. Insanity. Um, right. Consumers already have curtailed spending or dip into savings to cover expenses that are outside of their budget, she said. No, they haven't. Because you're the Actually, no. Maybe they let me. Let me look now. Sometimes I'd be like, how slow am I? Let me maybe I don't know the true definition of curtail. Reduce in extent or quantity. So maybe Sophia didn't make the other quote that we see how we're saying consumer spending is increasing. But let's say Sophia didn't make that quote. So we got conflicting quotes. We have literally in this article saying how consumer spending is increasing. Yet we have a statement here saying consumers have already reduced spending. You can't increase. Likely they dipped in the savings yes, to cover expenses that are outside of their budgets. When they say, maybe they say curtail spending, maybe they're saying they decrease somewhere in their budget. I can see this behavior bleeding over into something like student loan repayments or credit card debt repayments, she said. If push comes to shove, you need to start repaying your student loan payments. I expect to see those consumers pull back on their spending in order to make it worse. She, she must not write that. She might not. She must, I don't know if it was officially a white paper, but she must not. She must not be watching the you know what Wednesday's quarter full effect episode. We already saw what happened when people didn't have their student loan payments. They went into more debt. They made worse financial decisions. Crazy. Crazy. 
I mean, you're, you're going to, when I say cut back, you know, the money's got to come from somewhere. But again, people probably, credit card debt's going up. They're going to find a way to balance transfers, all this other stuff to increase their credit card, uh, you know, their available capital, quote unquote. All right. What we're going to see here is basically a change in behavior in order to, to survive, she said. Again, student loan payments. You start repaying your student loan. You should have not. You should not have started repaying your student loan. If you were always making your student loan payment before the panorama, you shouldn't have stopped making that payment. This is the definition of accountability on these damn student loans. I'm about to get this post out there. If you were all, if you if you have a March, maybe well, I don't I don't know because the pandemic. I think they made that the panorama. They made that pause in March. So let's say you made a payment in February. So I know you know before March. If you made a student loan payment in February 2020. No excuse if you can't work the new payment back into your budget, assuming you know it's less than or greater than it's less less than or equal to. Now, if it's more, one thing, but it shouldn't be more, right? But if it's less than or equal to the payment you made in February 2020, no excuse. None. None. Should you should continue making it because you'd be in a better situation. You could have paid it down with no interest, then you could have you know possibly chosen to refinance, got a lower interest rate. Maybe not a lower interest rate now with interest rates increasing, but you know. Everybody's student loans interest rate is different. All right, that's it. Then that's it. Yeah, that's it. All right, again, CNN article. This is by Alicia Wallace. Americans' credit card debt hits a record one trillion. I did not know student loans were going to be in this, but yeah, we talk about student loans every day on here. Well, not every day, but every episode. All right, y'all. Again, necessities, debt payments, investments, lifestyle. That's the order I recommend you paying. Uh, you recommend you prioritizing your budget. Credit cards would fall right there, and the debt payments. Situation for most people, even if you do the net snowball where you're listing smallest to largest and pay them off, make all the minimum payments and you pay off the put everything extra to the lowest balance. And then once you pay that off, you snowball or roll that minimum payment over to the second lowest one. Or you do the debt avalanche where you list things highest interest rate to lowest interest rate, make the minimum payments and then uh, put as much as you can to the highest interest rate and so on and so on. For most people in both the situations, credit cards are usually going to be first. Usually credit cards, when you itemize them or have them laid out by balance by, per credit card, not just your total credit card debt, but per credit card, usually credit cards are, people's gonna, are gonna be people's lowest balance, even if it's like a store credit card, right? Victoria's Secret, no, no, no sponsorship, no knock, but, you know, Victoria's Secret, Best Buy, something like that. Those usually have extremely low balances. And then when it comes to highest interest rates, credit cards always have the highest interest rates. If you if you have, maybe you have a payday loan, you might have some crazy personal loan, but if you got something, if you wanna know if your finances are jacked up, let's say you have debt. If you have an interest rate higher than your credit card, you know, if you have a credit card and you have an interest rate higher than that and it's fixed, you're getting hammered. It, we just saw it was 20.53% for the average interest rate. But are right, y'all again, locked and loaded, end of the episode. Make sure you hit that like button, share and subscribe, shout out to the YouTube algorithm. Make sure you leave those rating reviews on the podcast platforms as well. And if you have any comments, please leave those as well. I need to say that in the beginning. That's when most people are watching this. Numbers are going up, but I can even tell people to comment in the beginning when people are watching it. If you have any questions or comments, concerns, you can leave a comment. As I said, you can DM myself or Jordan, whatever leaves a comment on one of our posts. Reach out to us. If you have a topic you want us to discuss, let us know. All right. And again, Jordan's information, Stop Stalling J, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, Finally Fit 06, Instagram, Finally Fit Facebook, Finally Fit.Live is where you can sign up for the virtual training classes on monday and group training classes on monday and wednesday at 5 30 a.m eastern standard time and even if you can't make that but you know you need to come get this workout by jordan because health is well 
you will have access to the classes on the online drive and you'll have a once a month check-in session with jordan to make sure you're in your goals your diet things like that you know i'm not the fitness person jordan is i just partake you know i participate for myself Cylon underscore Corey, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. All information is in the show notes. Financial coaching information is there, as well as on Twitter and Instagram on the link tree. All right, y'all. That's it. Again, credit card debt is insane. Highly credit card debt is the one deadline that you need to eliminate that. Credit card and taxes. I mean, student loans too, but student loans are a whole other beast. Credit card debt and taxes. Those are the things that's like you weren't managing your money properly. Taxes, you might be able to get away on because you might have made a mistake. You know, you might have got screwed. But if you got credit card debt, you know, you, you, get, you have a balance. You were spending too much money at some point in time, unless it's due to medical debt, medical bill. Outside of that, you got recurring credit card debt and the thousands, tens of thousands. You got more. And, you know, you say you make 5000 a month. You got more than 5000 in credit card debt. What were you doing? Whatever. All right, y'all, that's it. Remember to When it before I go, when it comes to credit cards, and I've already said this before, but shout out to the new listeners. Let's see you go and you buy. I'm like, we spent we spent forty dollars at freaking five guys like a week and a half ago. But let's just say you spend fifty dollars, you know, at a restaurant, right? And you pay that off fifty dollars completely. You'll make the minimum payment paid off completely. Then let's say you spend another fifty dollars at a restaurant. All right. Then let's say you spend a hundred dollars. At the bar that night so you got 150 dollars now on your credit card let's say you then choose to pay off again that 50 dollars as far as in the first restaurant you went to before you went to the bar and you're like oh i paid that off now i have 100 dollars left on my credit card that's not how it works the interest gets charged on the whole balance so even though you technically paid off or put enough money in your card to cover that charge the interest is get charged on everything so it's still as if you're paying for that restaurant that you went out to that cost fifty dollars and so that's why i was like i mean you might need to stop going to starbucks you're still paying some day <laughs> right you spend three dollars at starbucks right you, you're making a minimum payment of twenty hundred dollars whatever you're like i'm covering my starbucks charges nah nah the interest is being charged cumulatively on everything it's not like the credit card company already p- paid for the starbucks and you got to pay them back all right and if you haven't paid them back yet they're charging you interest not like they're like oh yeah you satisfied your um your Starbucks payment, your restaurants, whatever, your Starbucks charge. It doesn't work like that. You get charged on the whole balance that's outstanding. They don't sit there and itemize and say, you know, you've already paid this for your Starbucks, things like that. It doesn't work that way. All right. I said, I wish I would have thought of that during that uh, the article, but it is what it is. Then see, look, 50 minutes. I, this article was supposed to be short. This article was short, but now it's 50 minutes. All right. That's it, y'all. Remember to save more, say less. Keep making better your best. And I'll catch y'all in the next one.